Welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast, podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. Uh, I am your host, Associate Pastor Jonathan Johnston, and with me once again today is Student Pastor David Carpenter. How's everybody doing today? And we are in week two of a series called Ecclesiastes Chasing the Wind. Uh, and this week we are going to move into chapter two, uh, and I am told we are doing verses one through eleven of chapter two. So. We will read that, and then we will dive in to God's Word here. I said to myself, go ahead. I will test you with pleasure and enjoy what is good. But it turned out to be futile. I said about laughter. It is madness and about pleasure. What does this accomplish? I explored with my mind how to let my body enjoy life with wine and how to grasp folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom, until I could see what is good for people to do under heaven during the few days of their lives. I increased my achievements. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks for myself and planted every kind of fruit tree in them. I constructed reservoirs of water for myself from which to irrigate a grove of flourishing trees. I acquired male and female servants and had slaves who were born in my house. I also owned many herds of cattle and flocks, more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. I also amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I gathered male and female singers for myself and many concubines, the delights of men. Thus I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. My wisdom also remained with me. All that my eyes desired, I did not deny them. I did not refuse myself any pleasure For I took pleasure in all my struggles. This was my reward for all my struggles. When I considered all that I had accomplished and what I had labored to achieve, I found everything to be futile and a pursuit of the wind. There was nothing to be gained under the sun. Jonathan, we are here in our second week in this series on a book that, of course, we talked about a little bit last week, written by King Solomon. Of course, we know who was um, the the wisest man outside of Jesus Christ to ever live and was the king of God's people. And we read and kind of kicked off our, our series last week, setting the framework for where we're going to we're going to go, um, understanding who this is, what he's writing, why there's there's purpose in mm-hmm. this. Because I think it could be easy for us to read this and go, well, that's, <laughs> that is not positive. That is not encouraging. That is not Caleb. I'm out. But it, it is actually uh, such a, a valuable portion of Scripture, and it, it sheds light on so much of the struggle that we we face as as humans that we find ourselves in. Um, and it, I, I really do appreciate this this portion of Scripture because I feel that it's very real. Mm-hmm. It's very honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Solomon, uh, you know, towards the the end of his life, most would believe, and he's kind of reflecting. Mm-hmm. And whether or not these are teachings directly written by him or someone is listening as he teaches, um, he, he's kind of experienced the hardship of life. He, he's seen some things. You know, he, he's had some some days. And um, I, I think that Solomon is, is highlighting, and we're going to look at some specifics within this chapter, but kind of a, a universal truth, something that that through our lives, many of us, have experienced on some scale. Like, for example, I don't know if there's ever been something 
that you really, 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 really wanted. Mm -hmm. And you thought about it. Maybe it was when you were a kid, it was a Christmas present, Mm -hmm. or maybe it was, you know, the newest, the newest gadget, or maybe it was a new car or, or, or whatever that was, but it's something you really, 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 really wanted. And you, you waited, or maybe you saved your money, or maybe you begged your parents, or maybe you begged for your wife's permission, or you, you <laughs> asked, you waited, you waited, you waited, you waited, and you finally got this. You finally got it. And it wasn't exactly what you thought it would be. It, it didn't live up to all the hype. It wasn't as, as good as you had hoped. It, it, it kind of fell short of your expectations. And Solomon here is identifying and, and kind of highlighting a truth uh, about our lives that if we are people who chase after the winds of this world, if we chase after cultural approval, mm-hmm. if we chase after success, what we'll find is that it is much like, it's like chasing the wind. It's like trying to to catch catch the sand in your hands. It, it, it seems to continually slip through your fingers. And and today we're going to kind of look at that. But first, I, w- I wanted to tell our, our audience a story that I think helps give give light uh, to this portion of scripture. 1979, 1979, the most popular television show in America was Saturday Night Live. In 1978, they had a 13.1 TV Guide rating. In 1979, it was a 13.5 TV Guide rating in that 78 to not 79 season and then the 79 to 80 season. So it was really the height of, of Saturday Night Live. And millions of Americans every Saturday would tune in to watch what was the last couple of years of the original Not Ready for Primetime players uh, in Lauren Michaels' Saturday Night Live. And one of the, the stars, probably the one who was the star of that, of that show in that, in that time, was, was John Belushi. Uh, John Belushi uh, was was just really beloved uh, for his characters and and not just beloved by his audience, but, you know, the people on the show really loved him. He was a lovable guy. He was somebody that people really connected to. And uh, during this time in Saturday Night Live in 1978, because of a, a sketch called The Blues Brothers, uh, Dan Aykroyd and, uh, and John Belushi released uh, an album called Briefcase Full of Blues. And Briefcase Full of Blues did exceptionally well. It actually it, it went platinum. Uh, it, it traveled all over the globe and became a phenomenon. It was at the, at the number one spot in Billboard's Top 200 in, in 1979. And it was uh, kind of such an incredible success that it spawned a movie and it spawned the Blues Brothers movie, of course, starring John Belushi and and, uh, and Dan Aykroyd. It was released in June of, of 1980 and it became a, a box office sensation and it was it was you know kind of a, a huge hit not just uh, in the United States but but internationally. And this is kind of an amazing moment in the life of a person to think about the fact that in this 1979 to 1980, that John Belushi was the star of the number one TV show in America. But not only that, but that he was the the, the artist for the number one album in the world. 
But not only that, but he was the the star of the number one movie in the world. 1979-1980. And in 1982, John Belushi passed away of a drug overdose. And I don't I don't say this or tell this story to disparage him. I actually think his story is an amazing illustration because John Belushi had it all. Mm-hmm. He was loved by his audience, but also by the people that knew him. John Belushi had a, a faithful, loving wife who supported him in spite of the fact that John Belushi had multiple affairs. And so in spite of his infidelity, John Belushi had a wife who loved him and supported him, which is something that so many people desire to have. Mm-hmm. And also... He had hundreds of women lined up at his door to, 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 to be with him. So John Belushi is an incredible illustration in our culture because this is somebody who quite literally had the world at his fingertips. He gained it all. But what you find and what I believe he found is that you can get everything you ever wanted. And what you'll find is what Solomon, this king, wrote here in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. He said that it was all vanity. It was like chasing after the wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. This chapter, Solomon, I think he outlines a a couple things he chased after and didn't find. But as we go in and, and, and begin to look at, at this, this portion of Scripture, I think it's easy for us to go, well, John Belushi, man, he, he had a lot more than I've ever had. Solomon, he's going to talk about some of the incredible things that he gained and worked for that he found were empty. You know, I, I could talk about Alexander the Great, who conquered the whole world at age 30 and wept because he found it was empty. We talk about Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll, who died in his 40s uh, alone and, and, and miserable and in pain. We, we could give example after example after example after example of people who gained some portion of the world, of the culture, of the zeitgeist, of, of power and influence and found it to be empty. But what I would challenge us to hear today is not, well, one day when I gain the whole world, <laughs> I'll find it's empty too. Mm-hmm. But to ask ourselves honestly, what are the things that I'm chasing after that I can look at this book of wisdom and gain some understanding and say, hey, I can chase that. But somebody who's already gained it all is telling me, well, that's empty. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus said that he, he asked, what, what does it profit for someone to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And I think what we'll find here in these couple moments of discussion as you follow along in, 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 in the Bible at home, I think what you'll understand and begin to see is we can strive We can achieve. We can do incredible things. But if we do them only for ourselves, we'll find they are so empty. I think that's the first thing we can realize about about this chapter is here in my translation from from chapter 2, verse 1 to chapter 2, verse 11. 29 times Solomon uses I, myself, (laughs) or me. So first thing I think we can step back and kind of see about this this chapter is Solomon is looking for this fulfillment. He's trying to find the 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 gold at the end of the rainbow, if you will. And where where is he looking? 
Well, he's looking at himself, I, me, myself. And I, I think what we find so often is the beginning of, of our uh, struggle to find uh, maybe what we're looking for, to find the satisfaction, to, to borrow a term from, from the Rolling Stones, <laughs> is, is that we're looking in within. We're looking right. at ourselves. And, right. and Solomon, obviously, within himself, has, has not been able to find it here. And, and we live in a world that promotes self-gratification, self-satisfaction, yeah. right? It's all what's in it for me. It's have it your way. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's a theme as old as time. Yeah. Uh, and when we start out looking at self, it becomes really easy to get caught up in that and, and, and miss out yeah. on things that do matter. Uh, and I think that's what we see with Solomon is, is there's nothing... He doesn't have access to nothing, and so he gives himself everything he desires. He, he even says anything his eyes desired. Mm-hmm. I see it. I want I it. it. I got I it. I want it. I got it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I used to dream of. Of course, Toys R Us was a store when I was a child, mm-hmm. but they used to do contests periodically, and if you won in your area, you got to go into their store, and they would give a certain amount of time where you could run around their store like a mad person, grabbing whatever you wanted off their shelves, filling it up in a cart, and it was free. And I used to dream mm-hmm. of, I would go into the store with mom and dad and walk and, and analyze it almost like I'm game planning. Mm-hmm. If I win, yeah, I'm getting this and I'm yeah. getting that. But even with that, you can imagine for that child, I mean, there's a lot of hours you can spend playing with those things you get. Yeah. But I would dare say the next Christmas that child would still want something else. Somebody would come out with a new toy. There'd be a commercial of some new action figure, some new television show that you want a, a character from for yeah. your collection. Uh, and so you, you find those things to be empty. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you think about the fact that, you know, statistics show that, you know, a, a, a high, 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 high percentage of people who win the lottery. Mm-hmm find themselves financially destitute in mm-hmm. a worse financial position than they were before they won it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's b- because you, you, you can gain, mm-hmm. but if you gain for only the sake of your own gratification, what you'll find in, in your gain is emptiness. Mm-hmm. Solomon, I, I think he does, you know, a great job kind of breaking this down for us. Um, you know, verse four, it says this, I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself pools from which to water the forests and growing trees. Verse four and five here. I think what Solomon's saying is, hey, I accomplished some things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I achieved. Mm-hmm. I hit a level of success. And and maybe, you know, your your uh, five-year goals or your dream board or like, you know, whatever, however you record your visions for the future, maybe it doesn't include uh, building houses. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't include planting vineyards or, or gardens and parks or planting fruit trees or, or pools maybe to swim in, but not which to water the forest and grow trees. Okay. But, but maybe your goals aren't the same. But, but what can I, can I challenge you listening at home or, or on your drive, or maybe you're at the gym right now? What are your goals for? Because mm-hmm. you see, Solomon achieved, but we go back a step and realize that Solomon achieved only for himself. Mm-hmm. His success was self-centered, that in everything he did, 
achievement is not bad. <laughs> I'm not anti-achievement. Right. Obviously, we, we celebrate things that have happened in, in history, in our culture, in, in the life of our church, in, in our own lives. There are moments of achievement. But can I ask and can I, can I challenge us to think, what is the goal or the purpose behind my achievement, behind my striving? My, am I doing this only for my own glorification? You know, if we if we live for 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 others to to praise us, we'll find very quickly that that's an empty thing. I talked to our students a few weeks ago about about Jesus, who quite literally was praised by people on Sunday, and the very same people cried for his crucifixion on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And how 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 foolish it is to live for the approval of others because how quickly that will shift. But but Solomon had a, had accomplished incredible works. He had accomplished incredible things. But he begins this list of things that we later, of course, know that he's speaking of to be empty. And I would wonder, what are the things in our lives, what are the accomplishments that we chase after, but that ultimately we'll find emptiness in? Right. Yeah, and and I, and I think uh, there's definitely that that we can see in this passage about the, the stuff for self. But I, but I think sometimes, too, you know, I, I was reading through this verse four. What what if he had built those houses and planted vineyards for somebody else? Mm. Is it any less empty? Maybe in the moment, mm. right? In the moment, you're helping somebody else. And I, I think, obviously, we applaud charitable works and we applaud serving others. Mm-hmm. But if the if the serving is the, is the end mm-hmm. and you're looking for satisfaction out of that. Yeah. I think Solomon would agree. You're still going to find that to be ultimately yeah. empty, yeah. Uh, because there's always going to be someone else to serve. There's yeah. always going to be another need to fill. Yeah. Um, and so we, we we see time and time again in this passage, serving yourself, serving uh, others, ultimately still going to end up the same emptiness. Mm-hmm. Serving others probably going to take longer to get to that point. Yeah. Because you, you you do enjoy serving others, and I think we're commanded in Scripture to love others. Um, but but yes, you just see that it's interesting. It doesn't matter what you build or construct. Uh, when when you were talking about kind of that selfish mindset, I thought of even in the sports world. If you think about an athlete who decides I'm going to be the leading scorer in the NBA this year, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But if he does that at the expense of the team, yeah, because he's taking more shots than everyone else, well, how how fulfilling is it to be the leading scorer in the NBA and your team not make the playoffs? Yeah, truly, which can happen, hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, and you can apply that to any sport. You can apply it to any line of work. Yeah, uh, and so if if your self achievement is is deprecating to those around you, then, then what have you done? Yeah. And I think that, you know, achievement is, is such a, uh, a, uh, it's an alluring, uh, thing. And, you know, uh, you think about the, the emptiness and achievement, of course, you know, my favorite athlete of my, growing up and, and, um, somebody I, you know, watched for literally my whole life and still do, uh, you know, Tom Brady, uh, has won seven Super Bowls, six with the Patriots and one with the Bucks, and continually in his career, he's been asked, "What's your favorite Super Bowl?" 
his answer is always the next one. Mm -hmm. Which literally goes to prove that, hey, you know, the the chase for success mm-hmm. is, is not a bad thing. Right. Don't hear me say that right. that you shouldn't work hard to, to be the best that you can be in your field. That you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't put effort and energy into to crafting and 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 honing your skills so that that you can you know can can succeed. It's not what I'm saying. But if if we're purely chasing that feeling, chasing that that mark, that achievement. If I can check that box off, what we'll find is ultimately that it's empty. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know uh, the uh, the 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 bitter and and hurting king here, mm-hmm. giving this wisdom at the end of his life, he he speaks to his achievements. Then he he continues, not just including his achievements. Verse seven: I bought male and female slaves, and I had slaves who were born in my house. I also had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any mm-hmm. who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasures of the king and provinces. So here he is again in, in verse seven and eight. Solomon is saying, man, I got money. Mm-hmm. I got it made. I got servants. I live in a big house. I, I got it. I've got treasure and I've got Gold and silver. So I've got liquid income and I've got it in the bank. I got, you know what I'm saying? I got it stored up. I've got both. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, art on the wall and I've got all, you know, all the things. And, and, and of course he concludes later that, that this is all empty, but you know, in our culture in America in 2022, there is an absolute work of the devil to convince people that if they can ever hit a mark in the bank, right. that joy will ensue, that right. s- fulfillment will ensue, that yeah. that satisfaction will ensue. And in fact, actually, they find that after a certain number of wealth, what you'll see is that people's happiness increases to a certain point, and then a sharp decrease begins mm-hmm. after a certain number. That I can't remember off the top of my head, so I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. <laughs> but 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 you know, obviously, there there is a need for your needs to be met. Sure. Of course, you know, Jonathan, you're a father. Mm-hmm. God gave you your son as a gift. Mm-hmm. It is your job to make sure that that you serve your son. That there's food on the table for him, that that he's, you know, protected and safe. You would not be doing your job if right. you neglected your work <laughs> right. and, and Micah was living in a refrigerator box, right? right. We, right. That's not what we want. Nope. But what we find is that that, you know, scripture teaches us and that 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 science really reinforces that scriptural truth. That if you chase after money, if you chase after finances, if you chase after that security feeling, what you'll find is that there's no security in it, that you can't ever have enough. I mean, this is why uh, we have people in our world who they make billions of dollars a year. And hey, I don't make that much money here. I I don't ever plan to make that much (laughs) money here. I'm okay with that. But, But good for them, I guess. But the need to continue to earn proves this truth. Because I, I don't know about you, I've not heard a lot about about any, you know, CEOs or or you know, real rich, famous people being like, hey, actually, I, I've made enough money. Right. I'm good. Yeah. You can just give that to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Maybe and, and you know, maybe they're philanthropic and I encourage that and I hope they are, but but I don't. I don't see a lot of people just saying, "Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually good. Uh, I don't. I don't need any more money. 
I'm, I, I've got a couple billion dollars or trillion in the bank. I'm, I've hit the number. And, and I think that's so easy for us on this side of, you know, I'm on, I'm on that, I'm on this side of a billion, not that <laughs> right, side of a billion. Right, right. I don't know about you. Um, but, but it's easy for us to look at them and think, oh yeah, well, you know, but they've got so much money. But when we really consider it and we think about how much of our lives is spent in the pursuit of mm-hmm. this financial security mm-hmm. that, Hey, we think you should be a wise steward of your finances. We believe that we're not, we're not discounting that. We think you should provide for your family or provide for yourself. Whoever God has entrusted you to steward, you should work to provide for them. Yes. A hundred percent. But what Solomon found with all his silver and gold, mm-hmm. all his treasure, all his servants and all his herds and flocks, wealth in all these different fields, mm-hmm. he found it was empty. Mm-hmm. And how often do we find ourselves chasing after financial security, chasing after a dollar amount? How often do we find ourselves so de- dedicated to reaching that place, that number, mm-hmm. just to find the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. And it can be really easy to view your current situation and, and, and the challenges perhaps that you have and say, well, if I just had this, then yeah. I would be able to remove this challenge. And yeah. then if I just had this, I'd be able to remove this challenge. Uh, and that's the trap ultimately yeah. of, of that materialistic mindset because it says, if you just had this, then your life would be complete. Then mm-hmm. your life would be full. And, it, and it's the same as when we were children and that new toy is advertised on yeah. TV and it's, oh man, if I have that toy, then all of my time is going to be so much more enjoyable. Yeah. And then you get the toy and it's fun for a season. And then you realize now I need another one yeah. and, and another one beyond that. Uh, and, and so we see that time and time again, and it doesn't matter whether you're a child or whether you are a CEO or CFO of a fortune 500 company. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think about too, you know, especially within our culture, the the things that we sacrifice in our pursuit to that financial uh, number. You know, parents, um, I, I would challenge you that y- your kid would, would rather, in the long run, it'll benefit your kid more to have a few less presents under the tree to spend more time with you. Mm-hmm for you to be in their lives, for you to be a, a spiritual influence guiding them. And I, I don't want anybody, I know that, you know, you maybe listen to this and maybe you're financially struggling. I, I don't want to dismiss that. I understand that for some people, hey, it's, I, I need to get to this point so that I can have uh, just stability. Mm-hmm. And and we're not discounting that. We're not we're not trying to make anyone feel littler, but it's, it's this mindset of, oh, I'm going to get to that point and then another point, and then I need more, and then I need more. It's this insatiable appetite and and what we have to understand is that that money will never give us that that feeling right. that yes we all do need to survive and work and and yes we all need to uh, have a, a certain amount of of stability and and things like that but but this idea that that our culture really has 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 proliferated which is hey you know you've got to get to to that point and beyond and beyond and beyond and beyond and and make sure that you get every financial resource you can possibly get and get all the way ahead and and rip people off along the way so that you can have uh, that number, so you can make that money, so you can live this lifestyle. What you'll find is what Solomon found here that that it's empty, but he doesn't just talk about his accomplishments or his possessions or his wealth. He, He adds really this kind of 
uh, a good way to sum it up. It's all the other stuff, right? Because mm. I think that some of us get caught up in thinking, well, if if I had the new car or the new house, then, man, then my life would be made. And then, eh, well, I, the house was nice, but now I need to pay off the house mm-hmm. and I need some money to send my kids to college and be able to retire when I'm young and we need to go on the trip and I'd like a new boat. And so it's it's really now, it's the money now. Mm-hmm. There wasn't the possessions. The possessions, that's why they're not fulfilling me because I don't have the security of the money. Right. But when, when we get the finances, we go, oh, well, uh, I, 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 need, I, need, I, need, I need this. Whatever my eyes see, I should have... Uh, people kind of uh, at my beck and call, and I should have I, I should have social influence. And what what you see is Solomon here, verse uh, verse uh, number nine. Is that right? Eight mm-hmm. halfway through eight. Let's go halfway through eight. Uh, Treasures King promises. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines. The delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity, a chasing after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Solomon adds here, hey, he's, he's got Spotify before there was Spotify, man. He's got, I've got people. He's got them in person. I've, they'll sing me whatever song I want to hear. If they, if they hit one I don't like, I'll just hit a skip and they'll go to the next one. I've got entertainment. Boy, do, do we in our culture strive after the, 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 the ever fleeting desire to be entertained. Man, he, he had it all. He had women. He, he said the, the delight of the sons of man. Hey, these were good-looking women, too, and he had lots of them, and he found that that was empty. He had the pleasures. He had the the, the wine that was flowing, and he ate the best food, man. He, he had the, 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 you know, the, the prime rib and, and the baked potato and the Caesar salad and the, the tiramisu and all, every night with a big glass, uh, uh, you know, uh, of, of Chardonnay and topped off. You know, he just lived the life that, that, was, that was luxurious, and he popped bottles, and he had women, and he, he saw something else that he wanted and he got it and he, he had him sing him another song because they were under his command and, and he and he slept in, in the king size bed, pun intended, and it was soft and it was luxurious <laughs> and he had it all. Yeah. And he found that it was empty. And he found that it was like chasing the wind. Mm-hmm. He could never get his hands around it. Yep. It's like the sand slipping through his fingers. He found himself empty at the end of it. And you know, I, I would challenge us. This is, I think, where it's the easiest to start to go, well, that's not me. <laughs> this is the easiest to feel that disconnect we feel if, you, if we think about John Belushi or we think about Elvis, we think about Alexander the Great, any person who has he reached that point of almost like impossible for us to fathom fame and influence and power and wealth. This is where we go, well, you know, man, I don't have, you know, people beating down my door to be my friends and I don't have any servants and, you know, my, my queen size bed's pretty comfy, but it's, you know, it's, it's not a, a Tempur-Pedic or, you know, I, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not drinking of the finest wines every night, bef- you know, with, with my, with my meal. But what I would challenge us to think about 
what I would challenge you and, and I to, to really consider is what are we chasing? Mm-hmm. Maybe we're chasing a, a, a point of social impact. Mm-hmm. Man, if I had this many followers, man, if this, people, if this many people were my friend. For, for many people in our culture, Jonathan, as a student pastor, what I see is people who chase sports. Mm-hmm. And I love sports. I, I played football and I've coached football for this is my eighth season, seventh season coaching football. Um, I love sports. Sports are great. Sports won't fulfill you. You can be the best a- athlete to ever come through your high school. You can go play in college. You can go play pros. It's not very likely, but you can. But you won't find fulfillment in that. That won't give you joy. Mm-hmm. It won't give you peace. It'll be like chasing the wind. It'll come a day when when it'll end. Come a day when, when you find yourself at the end of it going, now what? Mm-hmm. You can chase whatever the pleasure that you want. And you'll find ultimately it won't fulfill you. That's what we see with people who who struggle with addiction, that God has freed from it, is that you know, alcohol or drugs or or pornography or sex at some point in time in their life became something that they thought, well, man, if I can just sleep with her, if I can just get with him, if I can just get drunk again, if I can get, just get back to that initial high, boy, I'll find I'll find the the, the peace or the fulfillment there. What you find is that those things, that the things of this world will leave us feeling emptier, emptier, more depleted, more exhausted. Mm-hmm. Solomon found that here. And really, he translated that to us in such a powerful way mm-hmm. that that vanity, the, the, the greatest of the world, is fleeting. Mm-hmm. It passes away like, like chasing the wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I love earlier that you mentioned uh, you know, what What do you sacrifice to achieve those things or to do those things? Because it, in, in reality, we need to view these for what they are, and they, they are idols. Mm-hmm. And we sacrifice things to idols yep. in order to appease them, in order to make them our friend. Uh, and, and that's what Solomon finds through this, and he's trying to impart wisdom to say, look, there is one who who you don't have to go to these great lengths to enjoy his company. You don't have to do all this because he's done the work for us. Now, Solomon lived pre-Jesus's earthly ministry, uh, and so he doesn't have the knowledge we have now of, of what Jesus has done. He had faith in a God who would provide a Messiah. Uh, we, we now know that Messiah. And yeah. we can look at Jesus and say, man, he's, he's better than all the world has to offer because he, he does provide fulfillment. And he even says himself, man, I've, I've come so that you can not only have life, but you can have it to the full. Yeah. Uh, and, and it is important that we uh, don't pigeonhole people and look and say, oh, well, I, I don't have all those things, so I don't have the same hang-ups or problems yeah. that Solomon ran into, we're all chasing something. Yeah. Uh, no matter what age you are, no matter, you know, whether it's whether it's YouTube channel followers, like you said, approval, approval from friends, social status, there's always something for us to chase. Yeah. And we have to stop and using the wisdom that Solomon used, ask, is, is what I'm chasing 
going, going to provide fulfillment and is what I'm chasing going to last? Yeah, certainly. And, you know, uh, in the New Testament, something that, that is, you know, relayed to us is, is this concept of don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I was actually watching a TikTok of, of uh, somebody who uh, won the, the Gatorade National Player of the Year. And he actually won it over Derrick Henry, of course, who was a running back at Alabama, won the Heisman Trophy, and now in the NFL, and has a great, great career in the NFL. And this this guy, I, I think maybe he uh, spent some time as a backup in the NFL, but I, I don't believe he's he's currently on any NFL roster. But won Gatorade Player of the Year trophy as the best high school football player in all of America in this year, which was I think Derrick Henry might be my age. He might have been 2015 or 2016, maybe 2014. Anyway, somewhere in there, 2014, 15, 16. Best player in all of America. This guy won. And somebody asked him about it in the comments, and he was responding to it with a video. And in the video, he walked out to his garage, reached up on a shelf, dusted off this box. And on the side of the box, you could see it said uh, G-P-O-Y. He pulls out this beautiful trophy. He said, yep, here's my Gatorade Player of the Year trophy. And I think a lot of the times... We think, well, man, if I was Gatorade Player of the Year, somebody like me who was, you know, a average or below average high school athlete who never did anything real more remarkable or special, so, well, you know, if I had been a Gatorade Player of the Year, man, that thing be be on my desk. I, I'd make sure everybody knew I was. But what you find, people achieve, and that's good. But that ultimately, if our worth, if our value, if our hope, that's found in achievement. We will be what Solomon became, miserable, bitter, disappointed people. Mm-hmm. That all the world has to offer can't compare mm-hmm. to the peace of God. Mm-hmm. That the greatest, most, most, most impressive, wonderful thing that you can think of mm-hmm. If I gave you a magic wand and, and you could fix all the problems in your life and, and you could, could, could do whatever you want, have how much money you want, it's in your bank account. What kind of house you want to live in? All right. What's the most annoying thing about your spouse? It's fixed. Uh, you know, what do you, what, what, what's the, the answer to the question of what you've always wanted and what kind of car you want? I could answer all those questions and wave a magic wand and give it to you. But what you'd find, I'd save you some time, is that if you lived a life for only those things, then you would find yourself what Solomon was, Mm -hmm. bitter, angry, disappointed. And today, I I don't want, as we begin to close here, I don't want our mindset to just stay in this point of, well, hey, I might as well just quit my job because (laughs) there's no use in having a lot of money or being successful because it's all empty. But what I want us to hear is a message of hope. That in a world that sells a life of disappointment, I don't have to tell you that. If you live around any kind of people, people mm-hmm. are disappointed. Yeah. In a world that has found itself disenchanted with political parties, in a world that has sought relevance and importance and finds itself continually empty, there is hope. There's hope for fulfillment. There's hope for joy. There's hope for a life of meaning and value and worth. Mm-hmm. But what it's not found is in treasures here on earth that thieves break in and steal or moss and dust collect. 
But if we lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, if we work for a life that is bigger than us, if we parent instead of maybe I can get my kid famous to, hey, maybe I parent right, my kid will love Jesus. Mm -hmm. If we served not, hey, I hope people notice me when I give to the poor or do these good things, but man, I hope this impacts the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. When we invest in lives that are placed in something that has true, eternal, great value, mm-hmm. that is based in what Jesus has done for us, and, and out of that flows a, an abundance of great things, mm-hmm. then I'm believing that God has a life for you that when you look back at it one day, whether that's, you know, you're towards the end of your life, whether you're at the very beginning of your life, wherever you are, one day you'll look back and say, man, I didn't chase the wind, Mm -hmm. but I found God. I found substance. I found hope, found joy. I found peace. I found that in living a life after Jesus, not after the things of this world. And, and ultimately, it is Jesus who gives meaning. Um, and and as as we continue in the book of Ecclesiastes over the next several weeks, if you read ahead, you'll see that Solomon uh, comes to that same conclusion, that it is God who gives life meaning. Um, and uh, if you are struggling to, to find purpose, to find meaning in your life today, um, our encouragement would be, to you would be to understand that you're not going to find that in what the world has to offer. The world doesn't have those things to offer. It can offer everything else. It can offer a lot of distractions, uh, but it will not offer fulfillment and it will not offer meaning that lasts. Uh, and so uh, our encouragement to you is is to plug in into a local Bible teaching, Bible believing body of, of Christ uh, in your area, uh, and if if you are already in one of those, then we pray that you would continue to grow in your walk with Christ. Uh, and if you are listening to this, you stumbled across this somehow, uh, and you are not yet a follower of Christ, hear us say that fulfillment and satisfaction don't come in some package from the world. It comes only through a relationship with the God of this universe who knows you uniquely, created you, crafted you, sent his son to die for you, and has done everything possible so that you can enjoy life with him eternally. Uh, and, and that is where our hope lies. That is where our meaning lies. Uh, and so our prayer for you is that if that is not who you are currently, that you would find him, that you would understand what he has offered you. Uh, and so uh, continue to journey with us. We, we hope uh, through Ecclesiastes as we continue this series uh, into next week. Um, and if there is anything we can be of service to you in any way here at Harrisburg Baptist, you can find us at 312 South Main Street in Harrisburg, Kentucky. Uh, if you are in our area, we would love to meet you and, and uh, see if there's anything we can do to, to help you in your walk with Christ. Uh, Until next time, this has been the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church.